Open the Word of God with me this morning to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 for a very comparable, similar passage to the one we used last Lord's Day to open up our worship. Philippians 3. Last Lord's Day was Colossians 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, referring to our baptisms, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Our life is hid with Christ in God because we're dead to this world and the world to us. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall appear with him in glory. That was Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Wonderful verses telling baptized believers how they ought to live. A very similar passage here in Philippians chapter 3. And I'd like to read five verses to you that close out this third chapter. I would like to tell you in advance that the words I want to focus on are the first few words of verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven. The passage last Lord's Day was to measure men, measure our lives and measure other men and women as to whether they're following Christ or not, because it's a very different lifestyle to be dead to the world and alive to Christ, your your life actually hid in Christ, in God, because your affection and your seeking for things are things above, not on things on the earth. Here we have the same thing said to us, but there's going to be a stark contrast drawn between the enemies of Christ and those that are following the apostles in their lifestyle. But those first words of verse 20 are key for what I want to communicate. Our conversation or our lifestyle is in heaven. It's not on earth. It's in heaven and heavenly things. I begin at verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working, whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Amen. Amen and amen. Paul, telling this good church at Philippi, follow me and do it together. Be followers together of me. The whole church should follow the Apostle Paul. Our whole church should follow the example of the Apostle Paul. And he said, go ahead and mark others which walk the same way so that you have examples on how you ought to live. I want you to notice the word walk. It's easy to be a Christian and talk the talk, but notice the emphasis is on the word walk. It's walk in verse 17, and it's walk in verse 18, those that mind earthly things. If we take out what's in parentheses, which we're allowed to do in English, we go straight into verse 20. 
for our conversation is in heaven. Paul and Timotheus are telling the church at Philippi, church, follow us. Follow us in the way that we follow Christ because our lifestyle, our manner of living, our ambitions, our affections are in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What you should be looking for is not something good happening to you this afternoon or tomorrow or next week or next year, but you should be looking for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the evidence of eternal life, according to the Bible, is looking for His appearing and loving His appearing. And so we have the same thing taught right here. And then it goes on to describe what Jesus will do when He comes again. He's going to change our vile bodies. Your bodies are vile. They're polluted, corrupting, dying, right while we stand and sit here together at this moment. That our body, collectively for all of our bodies, might be fashioned like His glorious body. Because He's glorified now, and the picture we get of His glorified body in the book of Revelation, chapters 1, chapters 19, is indeed glorious. And ours will be made like His. According to this text, even, according to the working whereby he is able, there is power with the Lord Jesus Christ to greatly alter the whole appearance and content and nature of nature. He's going to change the world. He's going to bring in a new heaven and a new earth. All things will be made new by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He made them in their original purity. We corrupted them, and he's going to restore them to their original purity, when he's going to deliver this whole creation from the bondage of corruption by his power, because he is able to do that. And so the apostle is telling us, this is how we should measure our lives, this is how we should measure other lives, and this is how we should measure our church. Are we following the apostle Paul? Is our walk based on heaven? In verse 17, mark them which walk like the apostle walked that our conversation is in heaven, according to that 20th verse. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We're going to hear about him today. John the Baptist is going to lift him up. John the Baptist is going to exalt him. And we want to rejoice in God our Savior today. We want to follow Paul that our lives are committed, and our affections are dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so easy for us to be distracted with the slightest of things of this life. Lord, help us in this hour. Because inside those parentheses is a horrible warning to a very good church. And in that warning, Paul said, Many are walking, many walk, of whom I have told you often, this ought to be a prime consideration of preaching that there are many false Christians, many false professors that do not have a conversation in heaven, nor are they looking for the Savior. They're looking for their little soap bubbles in this life. Many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. It is the passion and it is the grief of God's sincere and true ministers to grieve over carnally-minded Christians. They are the enemies of the cross of Christ. 
Paul, tell us what you mean. What, are they, what do you mean the enemies of the cross of Christ? Are they preaching Islam? How are they the enemies of the cross of Christ? Paul said five things about them. Their end is destruction. What they're heading for is God's destruction. They're belly worshipers because God is their belly, meaning that the things of this life, the things that we consume, the things that we eat, the things that we do for pleasure and fun, that was their God, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame. They take glory in things of this life. They glory in their jobs, they glory in their houses, they glory in family, they glory in things that are shameful in comparison to the Lord Jesus Christ, who mind earthly things. You know I've preached this to you many times before. I hope that I'm faithful to what Paul told me to be faithful to, and that these things ought to be said many times. As Paul said in verse 18, I have told you often, they mind earthly things, meaning We think primarily about earthly things. Lord, help us. There is no comparison between earthly things. Wait, have you read John 3? John the Baptist is going to say, I'm earthy. I'm earthly. I'm from the earth. Disciples, don't compare me to the Lord of glory. He that is from above is above all. Don't compare me to him. That was John the Baptist, the greatest man ever born of a woman. What about you and me? We're not the greatest ever born of a woman. We should put the Lord Jesus Christ up where he belongs and not mind earthly things. We think about them. They consume us. They distract us from loving Christ the way that we should. The Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The two founders of our religion are found in the final third of John chapter 3. And the first one in time elevates and exalts the second one in virtue and glory, and power being the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's love him today. Let's turn our affection, turn our thoughts away from the things of this life toward him. Lest we fall into the parentheses of Philippians chapter 3. Let's hate what's inside the parentheses and love what's outside them. And that is a conversation, a lifestyle, thoughts and ambitions that are centered on heaven and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to change a lot of things, including our bodies. Let us pray. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we approach thy holy throne. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, that you give us such plain warnings. It couldn't be said plainer. Some men mind earthly things. Some men Mind heavenly things. Oh Lord, we want to be spiritually minded like our beloved brother Paul. Save us from being earthly minded, worldly minded, carnally minded, like so many. But oh Father in heaven, we confess and we humble ourselves before thee and we admit. And oh Lord, we repent that we are too often foolishly enamored infatuated, distracted, diverted, occupied, and messed up with the things of this life. Oh, Lord, help us to think on heaven and your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was once on this earth for a great task of saving us, which he finished gloriously, ascended up into heaven, 
and you have exalted him at your right hand over all principalities and powers, over all thrones, might, and dominion, over every name that is named in this world and in the world to come. And we thank thee for him. We pray, Lord of heaven and earth, that this day, by your Spirit, given to stir up your people toward him, might stir us up, that we might love the Lord Jesus Christ more. Heavenly Father, wean us. Wean us. Rip us from the teeth of this world and cause us to focus our affection, our attention, our desire, our ambition, our lifestyle upon thee in heaven and the things above and what is coming. O Lord, this earth is going to be changed. Everything we put our eyes on and our affection on will melt with fervent heat. But O Lord, you'll replace it with things far superior. We thank Thee for the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, which makes this all possible. Heavenly Father, we are weak in our flesh, though our spirits are willing. Heavenly Father, we know that You gave the Spirit without measure, the oil of gladness above all His fellows, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our measure is limited, but, O Lord, we pray that You'll fill us with the Holy Ghost and that You'll stir us up and that You'll give us knowledge that passes understanding that we might know the love of Christ in all of its dimensions and that it might change us, that we might set our affection where he sits at thy right hand. Save us, Lord. We pray this same blessing upon every sincere church of thine, where they call upon thy name in sincerity and in truth. Bless them as well, O Lord. We are few in number in the world. John the Baptist would say, there is none that receiveth the testimony of Jesus Christ. Lord, we're a very small remnant. Stir us up. Bless us by your grace that we might lay hold of Christ by faith, that we might run to him and embrace him, that we might bless him and live for him in every part of our lives. Forgive us our sins and sinfulness. Forgive us our slothfulness and carnally-mindedness. We thank Thee, O Lord, for every good thing that we have, especially those spiritual blessings You've given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. We thank Thee as well for those spiritual blessings You've brought us, You've brought to our understanding, that You've taught us in our lives here in this world. We thank Thee we have heard the gospel. We thank Thee for the conviction You've put in our hearts, and we pray for yet more. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this beautiful day, for life and health and strength, for Your mercy upon America, and we pray that You would continue to save this nation by Your mighty power, that our families and our descendants, if Jesus tarries, will have a place where they might worship Thee in spirit and in truth without fear of punishment. O Lord in heaven, we pray for Your mercy upon Sammy Catanzaro and upon Eric DeVrent, that you will be with them and speak peace to their souls. Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus, when he was on earth, could speak peace to a great storm, and it was instantly a great calm. We pray the same for both men. Lord, you are able to reach where we cannot reach. What is comatose to us is not to thee. And we pray that you would embrace and hold those two souls in the bundle of spiritual life and that you would speak peace to them and bless them. Grant the angels in heaven 
to accompany them, whether it be to surgery or to be a transport to heaven. We commit them into thy care. And, O Lord, they have simply brought to our minds the brevity of life, the fragility of life. And we pray that today you'll convict us, convert us, and move us to a greater commitment to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. So when that moment comes for us, we will not need to hear so much because we've already embraced it and believed it and are looking forward to being in your presence. Let us be like our beloved brother Paul who said it would be far better to depart and to be with Christ than to remain here. Give us that faith. We commit these assemblies today unto thy care, thy blessing, by the Spirit of the living God and by thy word, that Jesus Christ who walks among his golden candlesticks would be blessed by what we give him this day. O Lord, take us from this place in a few hours, made better by having been in your house, under the preaching of your word, with the singing of spiritual songs and hymns and psalms that would bless our souls. In Jesus' name, amen.